1: London today is a bustling metropolis, an exciting place to visit and a somewhat safe place to call home. An eclectic mix of people from all over the world live in London, and the crime rate is dropping year on year. In some parts of this vibrant capital, the crime rate is lower than that of much smaller cities in other parts of the UK. However, things haven't always been so safe. Stories and tales of old have echoed around these streets and grown to become that of legend, particularly those of gruesome nature. Today we'll be exploring one of those stories, and discovering about London's often bloody past. My name is Nikki Druce, and this is Macabre London. There's a strange allure that humans have to woodland. The haunting tall trees and the twisted branches create a strange juxtaposition of nature and a reminder of our own mortality. The ancient towers that have stood rooted in the earth for longer than we've been alive stand silent and stoic and yet they observe all that happens below their leafy canopies. Epping Forest spans over 6,000 acres that's over 9 miles Of the outer London countryside. If you've ever thought of London as just being littered with smog-tipped skyscrapers or packed with chain stores and nose-to-tail traffic then you'd be surprised at what this place has to offer when it comes to its parks and woodlands. Epping Forest is so diverse in its range of habitats that it's been given special conservation status to preserve its flora and fauna and continues to be a site of scientific interest. Most of its creatures that inhabit the forest are well documented. Foxes, badgers, squirrels and various species of birds. However, there may be some species we've yet to discover lurking within the reaching darkness of the matted branches. Straddling the Greater London and Essex border, Epping Forest dates back to the Neolithic time and still houses two Iron Age forts to this day. It was home to many people and animals, including wolves, bears and lynx throughout the ages. And was also used as a private hunting ground by Henry II who issued it with its official royal status in the 12th century, generously allowing his subjects to use the ground to live upon and to graze animals. Hunting upon the land was strictly forbidden and only allowed by the king's hunting party and Henry being a ruthless ruler would have no doubt had a serious consequence for those caught doing so. Throughout the ages royalty used the forest to hunt, relax and retreat to, including Henry VIII and his daughter from his executed wife Anne Boleyn, Elizabeth I, who were most known for their hunting grounds and home in the now known Greenwich Park, but who used to occasionally visit Epping in their respective eras to take down a stag or two. The Victorians were also keen on building retreats inside the forest so they could escape smoggy London life, but as with all things, as humans began to encroach on the serene woodland, So did the one thing that connects living beings with the rich fertiliser which feeds the observant tall watchman of the forest, death. The forest has been privy to several unsolved missing persons cases, where its overgrown unwalked paths have harboured some bodies for several years without them being detected, and in some cases still unclaimed. In 1981, a decomposed body of an adult male was discovered lying away from any well-trodden paths with a full wallet containing English and Spanish currency, all clothing still intact and the body seemingly untouched and not harmed in any way. In 2004, another body was discovered, but it was too decomposed as to be able to be identified in any way. It was expected to have been hidden in the undergrowth, away from view, for over 20 years. The forest has a terrifying total of 14 murders or cases of bodies being found. The horror of person-on-person violence is enough to make you think twice about venturing into the woodlands, but what if some of those people who have met their fateful end under the branches decide to hang around once their physical cells have been removed? Paranormal investigators and ghost hunters have regarded the forest as an incredibly active spot for those who have moved beyond the realm, and many seances and ghost hunts have been very successful in making contact with the other side. Some have reported the feeling of being jostled along busier paths in the forest, seen sticks thrown and have heard crunching footsteps behind them on the carpet of fallen leaves, but when they have turned around they've found themselves to be completely alone. Others have reported seeing an apparition of a man on horseback, wearing a cape, an eye-mask, and a tri hat, galloping fast along sections of the forest which are now well overgrown. Many believe this spirit to be that of Dick Turpin, the infamous highwayman, who was known for taking advantage of the dense tree cover of the forest to hide him before ambushing victims, who were passing through in their carriages and holding them at gunpoint, forcing them to give over their valuables. Turpin used Epping as a hideout for quite some time before being captured after committing murder in the forest. The popular UK ghost hunting show, Most Haunted, visited the forest on the hunt for Turpin during a live show in The Depths of Winter in 2003. When the show's presenters allegedly made contact with the spirit of Turpin, he asked them to follow him into the woods, away from the well-trodden paths, and the crew became lost and disorientated eventually having to be rescued by one of the forest keepers. Although most haunted may have thought they had made contact with Dick Turpin, the forest itself was used by many highwaymen over the years, so this could have been any number of ghosts playing a trick upon those who dared to taunt it. Epping is also known for an appearance by a mythical creature or two. Lions, tigers and panthers have been spotted roaming in the undergrowth, But despite police helicopter searches and frenzied dog walkers fleeing the area in panic, no big cats have been found to date. One large ginger cat, a lost large dog and a stuffed toy panther have all been found in their place, however.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: A vision of an ethereal white stag has been known to appear seemingly from nowhere in the forest, and has been reported by visitors to be larger than usual stag, and sometimes transparent in appearance, conjuring up visions of Harry Potter's Patronus. Legend has it that the sight of the majestic beast is a bad omen, and the viewer will soon suffer bad luck as a result of gazing upon its beauty. Majestic beasts aside, the forest also has an interesting phenomenon that only occurs in two places in the world. At the macabrely named Hangman's Hill, a strange occurrence happens when you park your car at its base and take the handbrake off. Cars roll uphill. This is said to be a spirit of a hangman pulling his victim up to the gallows to be executed. However, the phenomenon has been explained due to an optical illusion leading people to believe the road is more elevated than it actually is which causes cars to go upwards instead of backwards. Some have reported, though, that it is impossible to make a car do this during the day. Only after midnight with the headlights switched off. As well as trees and shrubbery, some of which Monty Python was so fond of that they filmed the famous Black night scene in Epping, the forest also harbours some naturally occurring ponds and pools which are dotted around the whole area and range from large to small. One of these ponds has a legend attached to it, but no one knows quite which pool it is. The story that is told dates back around 300 years and is of a young couple who were madly in love, but who were forbidden by their families to be courting. The lovers arranged to meet next to a pool in the woodland to be alone, but unbeknownst to the pair, the girl's father had followed her and the harmless amble turned sour. The father confronted his daughter, and in a fit of rage at her intentions of meeting the man, bludgeoned her to death, and left her battered body on the edge of the pool for her lover to find. Distraught at his girlfriend's horrific death, the boy returned to the pool a few days later, and waded in, never to come back out. It was after this time the water was said to turn black, become stagnant, and the area around the pool became silent, with the leaves on the trees turning brown, birdsong ceasing, and branches growing interlocked to cover the pool. It was then that the other bodies started to appear. Mournful corpses started to regularly be found at the pool, and continued to do so for many years. Some were found floating in the thick black water, and others simply draped on the shore. The pool was said to be so evil it was luring unsuspecting victims toward it and causing them to commit suicide by breathing in the inky water. Or maybe the pool was picking anyone off who dared to visit it. A young girl and also a servant with her young child were just three of the victims recorded as being found at the edge of the pool, with no marks upon their bodies but lying still, in the mist, with the black water lapping at their lifeless feet. In the 1950s, with a view of breaking the legend and trying to debunk the evil pool theory, a local magazine ran a competition for its readers to locate the exact whereabouts of the pool, within the forest, but when one resident heard about the competition, she wrote to the magazine saying, It is dank, evil, and malignant, with an atmosphere unpleasant beyond description. I doubt the sunshine ever penetrates the surrounding trees. If it did, it would never brighten the black waters. So, why is Epping Forest such an eerie but beloved place? Is it the density of the forest or the sparseness of its inhabitants? Is it the fear of not knowing what may be hiding, or is it a recognition of the complete isolation? Perhaps it's a suppressed primitive instinct which makes our ears prick up and our stomachs drop at any sight or sound, turning us back into the hunted instead of the hunters. Whatever it is, you can bet that the sky-skimming oaks that have been there for hundreds of years have seen more than we ever will. Only the tallest trees know the truth. Coming up next time on Macabre London, a quiet London suburb, two schoolgirls, and one malevolent spirit. I'll be looking into what went bump in the night in the case of the Enfield haunting. Join us then. Thanks for listening, and...
0: Oh, oh, I see. Running away, eh? You yellow
1: bastards! Come back here and take what's coming to you! I'll bite your legs off! If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Macabre London then why not let us know on Twitter by tweeting at Macabre London. Every review left helps us to be noticed and for the podcast to be discovered by many others. If you'd like to join us on Facebook search for Macabre London in the top bar or you can put Macabre London podcast into Google and we should appear. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Macabre London is hosted on Acast and written, performed and produced by me, Nikki Drews, with additional script editing by Neil Murray. Music for each episode can be found in the show's description box on iTunes, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.